Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! You're going to be shocked to hear me say this. Maybe you're not. I don't know. But I am so ready to roll on some Big Sky Conference football. I don't know if I'm ready for the grind that's coming. And, and that's just something you get ramped up for. Just because the summer is so fun. So, I mean, it's so nice. I'd like to say it's relaxing, but I feel like everybody out there in Montana knows it, at the height of summer, very little time to relax because you're trying to get in all the activities. I can't believe how booked up we are. Uh, so much stuff going on. Uh, but I love running into all you fine folks uh, out and around Western Montana. And uh, we'll be on the road upcoming uh, several different ways. First of all, next uh, Thursday and Friday, we will not be on the air. You're listening to Nuanas now, by the way, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We won't be on the air next Thursday and Friday. But we will be coming to you live from the Big Sky Conference kickoff, the uh, annual media gathering there in Spokane, Washington. But we're going to do it a little different this year. Usually, myself, Andrew Houghton, both make the trip over there. Uh, I have some prior engagements, and uh, maybe we'll get to that later on. Maybe not. I don't know. It's personal. But certainly, uh, we will be having plenty of coverage out of the Big Sky kickoff there in Spokane. And... Uh, Andrew will have boots on the ground. So that means we're going to be tacking a lot of Big Sky Conference football uh, coming up, including a bunch today. The all-league uh, preseason teams, the votes, uh, as well as the preseason polls, those are due tomorrow. You'll probably see various uh, media um, personalities from around Montana and around the Big Sky Conference, sports guys tweeting, sports guys and gals, I should say, tweeting uh, their, their, uh, their respective polls. And... Uh, 
We will have a pretty uh, in-depth podcast tonight all about our All Big Sky picks. We'll do that on the Big Sky Breakdown. We'll play some excerpts here. But we're also going to just have a general discussion about the league. That'll be the top of the hour, uh, top of the 5 o'clock hour for our ESPN Roundtable. But before we get to that, we have a whole bunch of other fun stuff to get to. The continuation of our Senior Spotlight coming up here about 4.15. Um, Raggy, Riley Kogelshack, excuse me, Riley Kogelshack, a uh, outstanding volleyball player and wrestler at Billings Senior this last year. She, in fact, was the Montana Gatorade Volleyball Player of the Year. Uh, led Billings Senior uh, to their unprecedented 13th state championship and uh, won the Gatorade Player of the Year. So Riley will join us about 4.15, so excited for that. We'll have plenty more Senior Spotlight stuff coming up, including tomorrow, Another young lady from Billings, Elisa Keller. She was the Montana Track Gatorade Athlete of the Year. I guess track and field, because in uh, Elisa Keller's case, she's a star javelin thrower. So a couple of the Magic City's best over the next two days here uh, on our Senior Spotlight. I also want to talk some broad baseball questions. The All-Star Game was last night, and uh, we will have some diamond time coming up at 530 with Jeff Zafford, the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads. Paddleheads knocking on the door. Uh, their magic number is down to one. They have a four-game lead with four games to play uh, over the, uh, in the in the first half, that is, of the Pioneer uh, League uh, first half race. If they win this uh, tonight, or the next time, I guess, the Paddleheads win, they have four games left in the first half. Uh, if and when they have a win or the Glacier Range Riders lose or both, the Paddleheads clinch the first half title. That will be their fifth Title, the titles are by halves. So that'll be their fifth half title, not half of a title, but title for a half uh, in a row, which is pretty incredible considering uh, the history of the Pioneer League. It will tie an all-time Pioneer League record. So Jeff will chime in with us uh, 5.30 to talk about that. But we also want to talk some unbreakable baseball records. This is from your guys' texts. You guys uh, submitted some stuff when we were talking about what, what did we want you to talk about. And you can keep on... Sending those texts along, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. What do you want us to talk about? But uh, two inquiries had to do with baseball, Hall of Fame snubs and unbreakable MLB records. So here's some unbreakable MLB records. We'll do that about 430. And uh, I also want some engagement from you at 445. Of course, we got some wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. But here's how you are going to get them. You're going to call in. 406-888-1029. Wait till I tell you. Uh, you can call it any time, but in terms of getting the wings, wait until about quarter till five. But here's what you got to do. You got to call in and you got to have a, te- a topic ready for me, a question, a query, whatever. What do you want to hear about? What question do you have? Whatever, you know, grits, bobcats, high school sports, whatever, live PGA, whatever you want to do. You just come in, uh, you ask me a question, you win a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, the best wings in the city of Missoula. So that's sort of the all-over-the-place look at what we got going on today, but I'm all jacked up. I looked at my Big Sky ballot. I'm certainly not ready to dive all the way in, but I love having these broad off-season conversations. Uh, They're very fun. So we'll do a bunch of that uh, in hour number two. I wanted to ask you this, though. Uh, Andrew, it's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Andrew Houghton uh, chiming in here uh, on your Wednesday. Um, I, I, there's several different ones that pop into my mind in terms of high school sporting moments that really resonated for me. It's been really fun for me being back in radio because I've gotten back into 
like the direct coverage of high school sports. So much of my newspaper career was defined by covering college football primarily and, and college sports almost exclusively. I would help out the preps every once in a while. But then once I broke out of newspapers, the last 10 years, almost exclusively all my writing has been about college football. The only thing that really is I've written about from a high school level is recruiting to the ranks of, of college football and basketball. But I've loved getting back into going to uh, – sort of like state-like events, right? The, the AA tournament this last year, it worked out. I was able to go to the basketball tournament, so that was super fun. And uh, first time I'd been to a state tournament in a long time, and it was, you know, whenever it's in Butte, it's great. But I have a whole bunch of memories, but I wanted to ask you, you covered high school sports there in Pocatello for a little while. You're sort of fringely doing it, but certainly following along through the lens of this show uh, now here on ESPN Radio. So uh, what are some of your favorite high school moments? Do you have any, like, defining ones? I don't know that I do. I, I was thinking about it, and it's tough to just extricate the the biggest moments. Uh, you can always say certainly state championship games, but outside of outside of moments like that, I don't think I have a ton. I was thinking back to Pocatello. The Idaho State basketball tournaments are always cool because yeah, they're all yeah. in and around Boise. Right. So you're sort of crisscrossing from one totally. suburb of Boise to another. And then when you get down to the championship games, they all have them in what's essentially a rodeo arena uh, in Nampa. Right. And and that's, a, you know, they just bring out a ba- two basketball courts actually onto the floor. They, they just lift them up and they're in the middle of a rodeo arena. Those are always sweet. Those were always sweet to cover. Another one I remember from Idaho is the Idaho American Legion State Tournament. Mm, cool. The first summer, not even the first summer after. Idaho, Idaho, has, Ameri- gr- Idaho has great high school baseball. Great high school we baseball. We used to play the Idaho teams, and they would pound us. Like, we used to play Salmon and Lewiston. Oh, man, we always lost to those guys. They were so good. I mean, they're getting guys out of there now who are, are real MLB talents. I mean, totally. G- Gabriel Hughes, who was out of Gonzaga, I think the Rockies picked him in the first round last year. Yeah. Um, I mean, part of that stems from LC State. I mean, LC State is, sure. is the premier NAIA program in total, in, in total longevity ever. I mean, they have had so many different championships. Lewiston is, like, defined by LC State baseball, basically. I mean, the NAIA World Series is there every year. <laughs> That's right, right. Exactly. Um, anyway, this was not even after COVID. Idaho American Legion Baseball was one of the first sports to start up in the, the country that summer of the COVID-19 oh, pandemic. Oh, interesting, yeah. Uh, so we followed that all the way, and, and Pocatello's AA team won the AA oh, state tournament, which was a pretty cool experience. Um, thinking back to my time in Georgia, I had the chance to, to cover a number of really impressive athletes. I mean, we've talked about Trevor Lawrence a lot on this show. There's a reason why. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't know if I've said it before, but like the most impressive thing about Trevor Lawrence wasn't like a game or a moment, it was like watching him warm up every Friday night, right? right. Like watching him throw, watching him move around, watching him get sure. ready. Like when, when it's that caliber of athlete. Right. That's it's, just it's like insane. watching his pro day, right? right? <laughs> uh, but the, his junior year... Uh, this is in Cartersville, Georgia, by the way, for those following along. Andrew uh, lived in Cartersville for a couple of years before coming back to Montana to work with us at uh, Skyline Sports and also then uh, be, uh, coming back to the ESPN Radio as well. Right. So uh, I was covering Trevor Lawrence there his, his junior and senior year. His junior year, Cartersville football went undefeated. They had the state championship games in the Georgia Dome. Yeah. 
that, I mean, that was sort of the, the tie that binds two between him and Deshaun Watson. Isn't Deshaun Watson also from Georgia? Yeah, so Trevor Lawrence broke all of Deshaun Watson's high school passing records, right, and I got the chance right. to cover that his senior year, sort of the build-up to it, and then... There was the whole recruiting narrative that Clemson had landed back-to-back Georgia quarterbacks that had had negligible, if no, losses. That was the whole deal. Like, both Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence like followed each other. Trevor Lawrence followed Deshaun Watson's footsteps, so they both were, like, equally undefeated for the the, the entire... Uh, their entire college career, high school and college careers. Basically, yeah. Um, so so his junior year state championship game in the Georgia Dome, Cartersville nearly takes the opening kickoff back for a touchdown. They end up winning something like 42 to, to 10 against the second best 4A team in the state. Just one of the, the biggest uh, statements of purpose and statements of dominance that I have ever seen. And it was crazy to watch that in what had been an NFL stadium. Mm-hmm. I also remember... The last game of Trevor Lawrence's high school career, he didn't win the state championship his senior year. It was a, a big upset loss in the state quarterfinals in Cartersville uh, to Blessed Trinity on essentially a walk-off touchdown Wow! Uh, in the final minute of the game, and, and he just didn't have enough to, to mount a final drive there. So I always remember that. Another one from Georgia, I mean, we got great ba- baseball down there. We got great basketball down there. Um. One that I'll always remember is I was covering a holiday high school basketball tournament, which I always love covering those because sure. uh, it's sort of like the festive atmosphere, but it, yeah. it means a little bit more than just a regular season game sure. for these teams. You're playing for something. Um, we had a, a point guard down there, um, a girl who went on to play Division Two, a really tough a uh, really skilled point guard who who could have went big, except she was about 5'3". Uh, her name was Yana Morning. She was playing in a holiday tournament down there. I'll never forget watching her win those game, win a game with a broken nose. She got hit across the face oh, wow. in the fourth quarter. Broken nose, busted lip, bleeding everywhere on the floor. Smallest girl you've ever seen in your life, but stayed in the game and was was dribbling through everybody on the other team to break the press in the final minutes with a couple point lead. Uh, that's just one that that doesn't involve somebody famous, doesn't involve a state championship sure. or anything, yeah, yeah. but just one that I'll never forget. Well, good good thoughts there. I have a whole bunch as well. I mean, any of the all class stuff is always an interesting experience. I remember uh, this kid Chris Castillo from Zilla, Washington. He was going for his fourth straight undefeated season in wrestling, and in Washington State wrestling, it's at the Tacoma Dome. So they have one mat, and everybody's watching, and there's like tens of thousands of people there. It's a crazy, crazy deal. I, I could go on and on and on, but. Let's talk about some high school sports here in the state of Montana. I thought of these questions because one of the most fun, consistently fun events in the state of Montana is the high school all-class state volleyball tournament. It happens in Bozeman, Brick Breeden Fieldhouse every year. And uh, this last year, Billing Senior, who's had as much success as anybody in volleyball, they reascended through uh, the Class AA ranks. And it's always fun to watch as all the, the various championships are playing out there at the All-Class Championship. But but AA had a dynasty for a long time in Billing Senior. Then very uh, many other programs sort of rose up after Jeff Carroll retired. But then this last year, Senior reascends. And a big part of that is our lady, latest subject, uh, on our senior spotlight, our senior spotlight highlighting some of the best individual uh, senior boy and girl athletes. I guess recent graduates now that were into July. 
But we're joined now today by Riley Kogelshack, a uh, senior, I guess a recent graduate of Billings Senior High School, and this last year, the Montana Gatorade Volleyball Player of the Year. Riley, how you doing? What's going on? Oh, I'm doing good. How are you? Very good. First of all, just start with the last uh, couple weeks and months. It's always an exciting time in your life when you graduate high school and you got all this great opportunity in front of you. So uh, what's it been like? I mean, how does it feel to be a high school graduate? Oh, it feels pretty good. It's kind of weird not having high school anymore, but I'm definitely ready for this next step in my life. Well, very cool. And uh, we'll get to your next steps coming up. But take us back to this last uh, volleyball season. I I love following high school volleyball in Montana, especially when it becomes tournament time. So uh, just start there before we get to the state championship that you guys won. What are some of your your fondest memories, or what have you just thought of this opportunity to play at the the high school state volleyball championships these last couple years? Because it's one of the coolest events in Montana with all four of the classifications there, such big crowds at Brick Breeden Fieldhouse there in Bozeman. So uh, what did you think of that? How how will you remember that? Um, That's going to be like the biggest event in my life. It was pretty fun. Great experience to go through. Um, yeah, I don't know, really. It was fun to be there and have all the support and be with all of my teammates and coaches. Well, always pretty fun when you get to be the last one standing up there with the trophy as well. So uh, just take us through that. I mean, how are you guys able to sort of reascend? How How is Billing Senior able to get back on top this last year? Um, our coach, Courtney Badbear, really helped bring our like talent out of us, I guess you could say. We started off pretty successful, and we had a few ups and downs towards the end of the season. But, like, so before the championship match, she told us we wanted to leave everything out there. We didn't want to have any regrets, and I think that really helped us kind of play to our best. Courtney Badbear is certainly one of the rising stars in the coaching ranks in Montana high school sports. She joined us after Billings Senior uh, won that double-A state championship, but you mentioned that she was able to just bring the best out of you. How does that happen? How does a coach do that? She pushed us really hard at practices, mentally and physically, and volleyball is a really big mental game. You have to have that mental toughness, and that was kind of a big factor that helped us was being able to stay mentally tough in those positions when we're down. And However, the outcome was we always got back to work after Riley Kogelshack joining us here on Nuanas Now, a recent graduate of Billings Senior High School and the Montana Gatorade Player of the Year uh, in volleyball, a uh, ace setter for the uh, Bronx this last year. Billings Senior went 28-5 and and claimed the program's first Class AA state championship since 2014, but double digits in state championships for Billings Senior overall. So, Riley, is that something you and your teammates were aware of, just all the great tradition that has existed at Billings Senior? And if so, how did that sort of influence you guys in the way you, you performed this year? Yeah, there's definitely a big legacy for senior high, just all the state championships and success they've had in the past. We wanted to bring that out again. Um, We still use some of Coach Carroll's legacies with our, just like our game. And even at practice, we still did stuff that he did when he was a coach. And I think it really wanted us to be better just to kind of prove that senior can be good again. Well, Jeff Carroll certainly one of the uh, most prominent names in the history of Montana high school volleyball, a guy that was uh, I mean, truly built a dynasty there at Billy Senior. I know that's who Courtney Badbear played for, too, so it makes sense that uh, she's using some of his tenets and some of his coaching methods to, to help the Bronx uh, these days. Just tell us about your volleyball career then. I mean, how did you get into becoming a setter? How, how, did you become, how did you decide that was the position for you? 
Um, I was kind of just put there in middle school. I used to just play wherever back as a little kid. That's kind of what everyone does. But one of my coaches from Harden, her name was Tiffany Lynch. She, I guess, just saw that I could be a setter, and she's the one that started working with me and getting extra reps with me after open gyms, and it just kind of went up from there. Well, very cool. And then you've been uh, one of the first young ladies in Montana to experience high school wrestling as well. So take us through that. How did you get interested in that? And, and what was that like sort of being on the, the front end? I mean, there's only been a couple classes worth of gals that have been able to wrestle in, in high school in, in Montana. Yeah, it was pretty fun. So I used to go to Hardin and I was a swimmer. So I, when I moved up to senior, they had a girls wrestling program and I just thought it'd be fun. I always wanted to wrestle as a little kid and it was growing. We had, over 20 girls each year that I did it. And it was pretty cool being a part of the first state championship team for senior and just getting that experience with everybody. And part of the, your Gatorade uh, award for, for volleyball, it comes with stuff off the court as well. And I know you did a lot of uh, volunteering locally. I know you, you worked at the local food pantry there uh, in Billings and volunteered at the, the Montana marathon and a variety of other different areas. So, uh, why is that stuff important to you, and how much enjoyment did you get out of that kind of stuff? Um, I get a lot of enjoyment out of that. I really like helping the community and just doing what I can. I don't do much besides sports, really, so when I can get outside of sports and help, I really enjoy doing that, too. Well, very cool, and good for you giving back to your community. It's our Senior Spotlight. It's presented by Blaine McElmurray and McElmurray Homes. McElmurray Homes the top custom home builder in western Montana. If you want the job done right, give McElmurray Holmes a call. Blaine McElmurray, McElmurray Holmes, proud to support high school athletics across the state of Montana. Our guest this week, Riley Kogelshack. She's a building senior and on her way to Dickinson State for both volleyball and wrestling. So very cool. Uh, haven't really seen that sort of a double dip. But in, in the press release for uh, her, the Montana Gatorade Volleyball Player of the Year, Helena High Head Coach Lindsay Day said the following about this young lady. She did for what she did for her team this year was just incredible. She's super athletic, reads the court well, and has a calm presence on the floor. Uh, she runs their offense well and gets the ball to the right girl at the right time. So high praise uh, from a fellow coach in state. Uh, but Riley, I mean, just talk about your opportunity to do two different sports in college. I know you thought maybe initially you'd stay there in Billings and go to MSUB, but then you got this chance with Dickinson State for two sports. So just take us through it. How did that all play out? Um, yeah, so I was committed to go to MSUB, but after state wrestling, I had the Dickinson wrestling coach reach out to me, and we kind of started talking a little bit, and I really enjoyed wrestling, so I wanted to at least try to do both, so that opportunity showed up, and I just figured I should take it. I don't want to have any regrets for not continuing a certain sport, and I think it'll just keep me more active and kind of out there, I guess. Well, very cool, and uh, it'll be a great challenge for you. What about Dickinson State? I mean, what do you think of the school, and what do you think of just uh, this upcoming move? Um, I really like the school. It's an athletic school. I think a majority of the students there are athletes, which would be really good to be around, and I'm pretty excited for a new change just to get out there a little bit, new place, new people. Well, it's a very exciting time, and uh, certainly... Uh, cool for you and so many of these other great seniors uh, from around the state of Montana. It is our Senior Spotlight, presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Riley Kolgoshak, the uh, Montana Gatorade Volleyball Player of the Year this last year. 
uh, joining us here on Nuanas Now. When you first received that award, it's funny because um, it's been a while since then, but when you first got the Gatorade Player of the Year Award, what did you think? I was kind of shocked. I mean, that was one of my goals I wanted to get. I was actually at a wrestling tournament oh, cool. when I found out. So it was kind of cool. <laughs> Well, uh, certainly a great honor, and uh, the eighth Montana Gatorade Player of the, uh, of the Year in volleyball from Billings Senior. So that has to be uh, the most of any high school, no doubt, uh, from the state of Montana. Um, last thing for you then, Riley. Uh, what will you remember most? Or I guess how do you think that this last couple of years there at Billings Senior and also in Harden and just growing up, how did that prepare you now for this next opportunity? Um, I think it'll prepare me pretty well. So jumping from A to AA, there was just more people, there was, I showed a lot of improvement, and I think it's going to be another big jump going to college athletics. Certainly will be, but we wish you the best of luck. Thanks so much for taking some time for us today. Yeah, thank you so much. There you go. Montana Gatorade Volleyball Player of the Year. Billing senior, recent graduate Riley Kogelshack here uh, on Nuanas Now. It's our Senior Spotlight presented by Dazzler's Car Wash of Missoula. Treat your car like it deserves to be treated at Dazzler's Car Wash. They're right next door to us here at uh, Missoula Broadcasting Company, so uh, pretty darn easy for me to keep my my rigs clean. No excuses, certainly. Uh, Not only is it the most thorough and best car wash in Missoula, but it's also, boom, lickety-split. You can get in and out of there about four or five minutes. Just ask Coach Marty. Marty Mordaway comes, gets his truck washed when he comes over here to come on the radio, and he always times it perfectly, so he gets through there real quick and then rolls in here right before the 5 o'clock hour on Mondays and uh, lickety-split. So certainly um, the best car wash in the city of Missoula. Check out Dazzler's Car Wash. Right next to us here at Missoula Broadcasting Company on Radio Way, right off at North Reserve. It is Nuanas now. It is ESPN Radio. You guys wanted us to talk about unbreakable baseball records, so we'll do that next. Don't change that dial. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I know I'm late to the party on this guy, but uh, certainly a guy we listen to a lot lately. Brett Cobb, what a what a cool songwriter he is. I, I also I've told the story before. I, I found Brett Cobb from listening to Zach Bryan radio. I've told the Zach Bryan story. I had Zach Bryan confused with Luke Bryan for a little while. Had a couple friends who I share a lot of music with say, you got to listen to the Zach Bryan album. And I'm like, dude, I do not like Luke Bryan. And they're like, no, it's not Luke Bryan. It's Zach Bryan. If you know what I'm talking about, Luke Bryan is like, 
Alabama, Georgia line, sort of, you know, for Alabama type country, like pop country. It's what my old man would call AM country. It ain't good. I, at least it's not, I shouldn't say it's not good. It's not for me. If you like it, that's fine. It's not for me. But Zach Bryan is like singer songwriter, Sturgill Simpson, Tyler Childers, and like, I don't know, Gordon Lightfoot mixed or something like that. But his two albums are unbelievable. They're straight fire. And then I found out about Brett Cobb from, uh, listening to a bunch of Zach Bryan. They suggested it for me. I don't know. These new music services, it took me a long time to get into it, but man, I will say this though. There's still nothing better than listening to the radio. Thanks so much for listening. This is Nuana's now ESPN radio. You can always uh, listen to the trail. 103.3. I was listening to the trail all day today. Actually the last couple days, I, ha- I don't have a rig still, but I do. I have a couple that I can use and I guess borrow I've been trying to work out like some sort of rental policy or something because I just feel so bad. But I do have really nice friends. Got a great employer that helps me out from time to time as well. Uh, don't worry. The car saga is going to be settled, at least for the immediate future uh, coming up. But driving around with the windows down, there's no Bluetooth or anything in this rig I'm driving. So I've been listening to the radio a bunch, which I, I usually actually do during the day as well. And I always tune in here on ESPN Radio, just like you are, or on 103.3 The Trail. What a great uh, radio station it is up there on 103.3. Uh, love working with those guys. Also, thank you, Tommy. We're back on SWX Montana Television. We're always on the radio, and we're always on the ESPN MT app because of Andrew and Tommy. You know, they, But they always make sure we're rolling on 1029 as well as the ESPN MT app. So those are your best places to, to watch us. But also thanks to our friends at SWX Montana Television for broadcasting here today as well. We have been gathering texts from you, by the way, about 15 minutes away from needing you to call. 406-888-1029. You can always text that number or call it. But 15 minutes from now, I need you to call it and tell me, or I guess tell me or ask me, just a... a what you want me to talk about. You got a question, comment, query? That then, though, will win you a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Wing it Wednesday from the Despo coming up at 445 here on Duan is now. One of the texts you guys sent in, though, when we were asking about inqui- uh, so inquiring of what you guys wanted us to talk about, somebody said unbreakable Major League Baseball records. I think that's what makes baseball so fun is, although it's getting more muddy, you can compare based on statistics and strictly based on statistics more than probably any other sport. And there's also some hallowed, uh, there's been such a huge offensive explosion in both pro football and pro basketball. So that's then in turn catered to so many of the most recent players also being so many of the most prolific players. Like if you look at the receiving yards for both receivers and tight ends or the passing yards for quarterbacks. Most of the people on the list for single season and career are recent players, right? In the NBA, I mean, Carmelo Anthony just retired. I I think he was the ninth leading scorer in NBA history. Carmelo Anthony's a great scorer for sure. But that just shows you how many more points are being scored now this day and age. Baseball, though, even though there's a little bit more home runs being hit, the, the, the runs scored are actually not... It's very comparable that baseball has been way more consistent than the other sports. And so there's all sorts of records, especially hitting records, that I think are going to have a hard time being broken or might never be broken. So I have several on my list, Andrew. But when you first saw this, what uh, what popped to your mind? What, what, was the, what was the number one that you Googled or looked up? Well, the 
the pitching records. Uh, I, uh, right. Cy Young. Cy Young concluded, we had this great book, the, the 100 Greatest Sports Stars Ever, but it was copyright 1954. The last person in that book of 100 entries was Cy Young, and reading his statistics were like reading something from a completely different sport. Yeah, 511 wins. <laughs> uh, that is never going to be broken. Oh, that is never going to be broken. I would actually reckon that... It, it would be incredibly unlikely to me if anybody ever again that's starting from here forward even got halfway home. Wow. Okay. I mean, uh, I'll are, argue are, with you there. I are think we we're going to see, see another 300-game winner? I think we're going to see a 300-game winner. Yeah, I think who's we will. The, who's the best pitcher of this generation? Clayton Kershaw. And how many wins does he have? I bet you he doesn't even have 200 wins. I, the other one that come, came to my mind. Kershaw has, uh, so here's the active leaders. I'm looking at the list okay, right okay. now. Verlander's the active leader. I, I was going to say the other a guy who's a surefire Hall of Famer in this generation is Justin Verlander. Verlander's got 247, so that's very, very close to half of 500. It, it, it certainly is, for sure. And it, and he's not done. Zach Granke's got 224. Scherzer's got 209. Kershaw's got 207. Yeah. And those are the only active pitchers over 200. And, and all those guys are pretty near to the end of the line. Yeah, that, that, that was my statement, was not that nobody will ever reach 250 again. Again, anybody that's starting now will not reach 250, I think. Because I just think we're going to see this continuation of matchup-based baseball, the analytics, putting guys in in spots. I mean, it's like leading sports center these days if a guy pitches like – I shouldn't say that, but like seven innings is a lot now. It used to be you're tuning into the guys in the eighth, ninth innings, but that's – complete games are so much rarer these days. That's true. It only takes you five innings to get a win, though. That's true. I, I just, no, that's true. I, I agree with you. We're going to see a lot fewer of those guys. I don't know if anybody who's active right now is going to win 300. I don't even know who the 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 youngest guy with the best shot at it is. Uh, maybe I, Shane McClanahan, who's pitching for the rate. Like I don't I, know. I, have, I got nothing. I have no idea who would be that like that next guy. But I think it. I think it's still possible to reach 300. Right. I mean, especially with all these numbers. Right. There's a little bit of a vortex effect at the end of your career, too. If a guy gets to 270 and he's got a couple years left, he's going to keep hanging on sure, to try to right. get closer to 300. I, yeah. I, I I completely agree with your points, right? The game is changing. Yeah, yeah. But I guess I guess we can both agree that, that maybe 300 is in the realm, but 350 or 400 or 511, like Cy Young had, is absolutely not even in the realm of possibility. Cy Young has 511. Walter Johnson has 417, and he's second. <laughs> he's so second. We're never seeing that one. There, there are a bunch of those old-timey records. Uh, Coulter, do you know who holds the all-time record for triples in a career? Ty Cobb? Sam Crawford. Yeah, Sam Ty Crawford. Cobb's teammate. Cobb okay. is second. Well, the, wow, two the two guys on the same Play, team played in the same outfield. Yeah, you know, there's there's the old saying, uh, "Never meet your heroes," right? And I, I remember when I was a little kid, I first started getting into the history of baseball because it's so easy to read about compared to the other sports. And there was sort of like this: the the, the great baseball players of the first. 40 years of the of the 20th century, maybe even the first 50, and maybe even 60 years. Let's just say conservatively, the first half of the 20th century, those guys were made into these godlike figures, and they, they had this heroic sort of remembrance about so many of them. You know, 
The I mean, how many nicknames does Babe Ruth have, right? I mean, you've all seen the Sandlot, the Great Bambino, the Sultan of Swat, all these, all these awesome nicknames. But I remember instantly being able to nerd out on all the numbers that are associated with baseball and then seeing this guy, Ty Cobb, who was undoubtedly the greatest pure hitter of the first 50 years of baseball, probably rivaled only by Ted Williams in the history of the game, period. And I remember looking at this. And, and then I remember being in fifth grade, checking out Ty Cobb's biography from the library, reading it and just being like, wow, I actually wish I wouldn't have read that. Unbelievable player. Also just an unbelievably horrible person. It, it was such a depressing read. The story about Ty Cobb and Sam Crawford is that they played the outfield next to each other for a decade. Ten years. Unreal. Never talked to each other. Right. Because Ty Cobb was really not right trying to talk to anybody. I mean, from personality to actions to a whole bunch of being a dirty player. And there's a whole bunch in there with Ty Cobb that was, was no bueno. But I also was thinking about Ty Cobb. I was thinking about two guys because I, there's an article on ESPN today, ESPN.com. Louis Ariz, am I saying this right? The Miami Marlins second baseman. Arise. Arise, okay. Louis Arise uh, of the Miami Marlins, he's their second baseman. He's entering the second half of the season with a 383 batting average. This article is all about his quest for 400. When I first started reading this article, I thought to myself, well, first of all, you're really jumping the gun, putting this pressure on this guy already. There's still like 80 games to play, and the guy is 17 points away from 400 already. So if he was hitting 417, I could maybe see it a little bit more, but he's hitting 383. But that was one of the things that made me think of, of getting this segment rolling is, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily an unbreakable record because several men have done it, but will anybody ever hit 400 again in a season? Man, I, yes, I think yes. I don't know about in our lifetimes. Sure, right. But I think, I think like the 400 and Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak mm -hmm. are so linked Sure. Uh, in people's yes. minds as unbreakable baseball records. Those are two where the numbers just have to line up, right? If 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 enough seasons of baseball are played, yes, somebody's going to to do it, right? It it might take forever. I mean, think about what you'd have to do to put together a fifty-seven game hitting streak. But but it, it, it would be the, unbelievable if the game goes on long. It somebody it, just the numbers will fall right for somebody to yeah. do that, right? I mean, Pete Rose had a forty-plus game hitting streak. Um. We've seen guys make a run at that one. For sure. I, I think Mike Schmidt might have had a really long hitting streak in the 1980s. Jimmy Rollins had a long George one. Brett certainly had two different 35-plus game hitting streaks. I don't know if you ever got into the 40s, but he certainly was like more than halfway home a couple times. And, and we've seen, you know, same thing, Brett and, and Tony Gwynn For sure. uh, make runs at 400, right? For sure. Todd Helton had a season where he was running yep. it up. That's Chipper right. Jones had Larry a season. Larry Walker made a run at it for a brief moment in time. Uh, now, the thing with those records is that as you get closer and closer to those, it's sort of the opposite of the career records. Yeah. If Luis Arraez goes into September hitting 395, the pressure on him is just going to build and build right, and build. Right, right. The attention around it is, is going to be so uh, magnified, so blinding, that um, not only do you need, I think, a great hitter to beat those, I think you need uh, somebody who's very, very strong mentally. That's exactly right. Duana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. The, the most recent guys that really made a run at it, it probably came... Right at the turn of the 21st century when Nomar Garcia Parra 
Darren Erstad, and Todd Helton, all three of those guys hitting the 390s for the majority of that season. Garcia Parra hit, uh, finished at 389 that year. Erstad finished at 384, and Helton finished at 383. But that was way back in 2000. Uh, I, we, we could keep talking baseball, and actually maybe we will, but we need you to call us here in about three minutes on the other side of the break. We got a dozen wings for the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for you. All you got to do is call in and give me a talking point, a question, a query, what are you wondering about? What do you want to talk about? Maybe you got an opinion, whatever. First person to get through, you're getting a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. So do that on the other side uh, of the commercial break. But we'll leave this baseball conversation, at least for this exact moment, maybe come back to it during Diamond Time in hour number two, with an unbelievable statistic that my brother sent me on Twitter the other day. So far this Major League Baseball season, 14 players have struck out 100 or more times. Kyle Schwarber at the All-Star break leads the major leagues in strikeouts with 117. Tony Gwynn struck out 188 times the entire time between 1989 and 1999. That is utterly absurd to actually put in perspective. It's unbelievable. Here's what's actually unbelievable about that. The single season record for strikeouts has stood for almost 15 years now. For uh, strikeouts by, by an by individual? A, by a hitter, yeah. Adam Dunn? Uh, he's second. Man, who would have been more than Adam Dunn? Maybe, man, I don't know who. Mark Reynolds. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Two, what's, the, what's the total number? 223 strikeouts oh. in 2009. Adam Dunn had 222 in 2012. And in the intervening years, uh, Joey Gallo, Giancarlo Stanton, uh, Judge Schwarber, all these guys have made runs at it. But even as strikeouts are going up still, 2009 still. Tony Gwynn, only 188 in 11 seasons. Unbelievable. Call us. Talking points. Free wings. Next. Nuanas Now. ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. One, two, three. Nuan is now on ESPN Radio. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Little steel drivers for you. Coming back as we wind down the uh, 4 o'clock hour. we got some Big Sky Conference football talk coming up at the top of the hour. But first... Got to give you some wings. We got a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, located there on Russell Street, right across from the YMCA. Best wings in Missoula, don't believe me? Well, it's been voted on the by the Missoula public for a decade plus. By the way, PSA, the Despo's closed today. They're going to uh, keep you up to date on when they're going to be back open. Uh, not sure what's going on, but they did post on their social media today that closed, but that's okay. We're going to hook you up with the wings, and you can use it some other time, pretty much any time. All you got to do is call me right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. And you got to give me some heat. What do you got? What, what topic do you want us to talk about? You got a question, comment, concern, anything. All you got to do is just give us something to talk about, and we'll give you a dozen wings 
from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Andrew, do we have anybody? He's uh, Andrew is answering the phone uh, as we speak. So uh, appreciate the Despo for all they do. We've been talking some baseball. Really been trying to get back into baseball. Desperado is a great place to watch baseball. They got a sports bet Montana kiosk in there. You can play some wagers. The wings go great with the ice cold beer they got there. I usually get some French fries to go with the wings as well. So uh, go hang out down there uh, at the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill on uh, Russell Street. And uh, we will up have a winner of our free wings here uh, in just one moment. Andrew's going to splice these guys through here. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we'll be off the air next Thursday and Friday. I'm planning a big golf tournament with uh, several of you, a lot of our loyal listeners, and uh, a couple people that are great clients of this show as well. So I always appreciate Missoula Country Club for hosting their annual member guest. I think it's no secret that I play that every year with a couple great buddies. So um, no show next Thursday and Friday, but uh, we'll be back at it the following week live from the Big Sky kickoff. I'll actually be here in Missoula and... Uh, then um, Andrew will be live there in Spokane. So we'll have some great guests out of there, efforting a couple of the football players that will be in attendance. But certainly Andrew will report as a correspondent, and uh, maybe Alex Eshelman join us, uh, us as well. Sounds like we have somebody. Andrew, who do we have or uh, whoever is uh, on? How you doing? Uh, we've got Carrie on the line. All right, Carrie, what do you got? Oh, I was saying you guys should talk about the Women's World Cup. It starts July 20th. Love it. Love it. And we're going to be pretty good. Can't wait. Thank you, Kelly, and congratulations. Winner of some wings. Um, We actually had this on the show outline yesterday, and uh, as always happens, we ran out of time, so I did want to get back to it this week. So let's do it right now. The Women's World Cup is less than two weeks away. I find it fascinating, and also I think it's just a broader discussion, both positive and one to, to, to sort of analyze because I think undoubtedly the United States national team, women, the United States women's national team in soccer is the most famous team of females in, in, in America. I don't really know who else would be sort of uh, in the running for that. I think it's sort of undeniable. And I think that on one hand, those ladies deserve a ton of credit for that. They've, I mean, the United States women's national team has won. How many gold medals has the United States won in, in the World Cup? Or I guess how many World Cups has the United States women's national team won? They're, they're certainly the defending champs, right? Uh, they are the two-time defending two-time champs. Defending so champions. they're going for uh, number three. So that's a decade of plus of overall. They're going yeah. for number five overall. Okay, so the, and, and at least, what, three of those has come in the last 30 years, if not four? Yeah, 1991, 1999, and yeah. then the last two, 2015 and 2019. Okay, so um, certainly this team has earned that reputation. They have been the class of, of all of women's soccer on the planet. They also have some very recognizable names that have become very marketable figures, namely uh, Alex Morgan, who's been a central figure on the team, uh, Megan Rapino, who's also been a central figure on the team. Um, and then I also think, though, so I guess... All the praise to the United States women's national team for having this reputation as certainly the darlings of America when it comes to women's team sports, but also potentially shame on us a little bit for there not being other sort of competitors here. I, I do think that the women's uh, NCAA national championship game this last year featured a couple big-time stars in Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark of LSU and Iowa, respectively. 
But I don't know if you'd, you'd put those teams on par with the United States women's national team. I don't even know who else would really be in this conversation. I think uh, among the other national teams, you see it every four years with gymnastics, particularly. Sure. Yeah. But uh, those teams don't have the staying power of the the national women's soccer team because sure. right. they're not doing any competitions in the intervening years between World Cups or between the Olympics. And even if they are, it's not nearly as publicized or televised. Correct. And then those girls fade out so quickly, right? You usually get one, maybe two Olympic cycles if you're if you're really a veteran, as opposed to, I mean, we're going to see Megan Rapinoe at, at her fourth World Cup, I think, this year. You know, Alex Morgan has been around forever. You get to watch these girls grow up and you get to see their career careers progress. So that's that's huge for the soccer team. For sure. And um, I, I do also think that there's an interesting conversation to be had there about the United States women's national team in parallel to the men's national team. I, I do think that there's a lot of different things that go into making a world-class national soccer team. It's been a great challenge on the men's side. I do think a, a big-time factor in why the United States has played chase on the international level is because so many of the best athletes in the world in other countries, they play soccer. Most of America's best athletes don't play soccer. They play football or basketball. But that's also not to take anything away from the, the guys on the U.S. men's national team. I do think, though, that some of the great female athletes in the country and in the world are the ones that are on the United States women's national team. Yeah, I mean, the, in, in men's soccer, the bar was set so high. You're right. By by other countries when the U.S. Right. started chasing it. Right. Uh, women's soccer came on the scene so late. Right. Uh, that and the, the United US States had an equal starting point as everyone else. To play right? catch-up. And, yeah, in fact, yeah. they started from ahead of right. several of those uh, iconic soccer-playing countries, which is actually uh, a big narrative, I think, about this year's World Cup. Uh so tell us a little bit about this year's World Cup then. Um, obviously, America as the two-time defending champions have to be among the favorites. But has there been similar growth in the women's game globally? There has, yeah. So uh, first off, just the, the plug here, we're going to be covering it on Soccer and Snow and Smoke. We should have a preview episode next week with the University of Montana coaching staff, the women's oh, soccer cool. coaching staff. We'll have, uh, we'll have other coverage throughout the World Cup. I'm trying to set up... Uh, interviews with with people who are going to be in Australia and New Zealand, at least one podcast Sick. with people on the ground. But yeah, here here's sort of the two biggest stories for me around this Women's World Cup. And we'll get through them quick here because we've only got a couple minutes here left in this hour. And, and maybe we can expound on this later in the show as the World Cup's going on. Number one, I think it, it really is a transition year for the United States women. There, why, why do you think that is? There are a few players still around who are, have been sort of uh, part of the last two championship teams. Yeah. You mentioned them. I mentioned them. Alex Morgan's around. Megan Rapinoe's still around. Uh, Julie Ertz actually came out of retirement oh, interesting. to play defensive midfield for this team because that's a position where they were really thin. Uh, but a, a lot of the other names on this team are, are not household names. For sure. And, and the ones that we did name, they have also been around for a while. They've been around for a while, and and there's sort of there's a small group of those players, and then there's a lot of players who are sort of making their debut on the on the national stage, on the international stage, who I think are going to become really big household names. But there are some maybe some more questions about this women's national team 
than there have been uh, in previous years. I mean, we don't really know who's going to be playing in the midfield. We're not sure who's going to be playing the fullbacks' uh, spots. So that'll be interesting to watch. The Americans are still the favorites in this World Cup, but then the second really big narrative point about this Women's World Cup is the traditional soccer-playing nation sort of catching up and emerging onto the international Mm. stage. I mean, you look at it, United States, okay, they've won four of the eight Women's World Cups played. Who who have they been beating? They beat the Netherlands in 2019. That's a pretty good soccer-playing country. They beat Japan before that. They played Japan and lost to Japan in 2011. Sweden, China, Norway's played in in two World Cup finals on the women's side. The only traditional soccer-playing nation that's had any success in the women's game, Germany's won two World Cups and finished runner-up in a third. You don't see England's never made a Women's World Cup final. France has never made a Women's World Mm, Cup final. Spain has never made a Women's World Cup final. Brazil has only made one in 2007, and they lost. But we're seeing now, finally, thanks to increased investment in the women's club game in Europe. You know, Barcelona now has the best women's club team in the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, Lyon, Chelsea, some of the great in- European clubs are building really great women's teams. Uh, we're seeing some of those traditional powers come along, and, and those are going to be the biggest challengers for the United States this year. So just really quick looking at uh, the list of odds for this one, the United States is the favorite, but England's the second favorite. Germany, Spain, France, mm. third, fourth, fifth. So this is the year when all of those countries who have incredible soccer history on the men's side, incredible, iconic players on the men's side, they're going to be coming along and, and looking to stamp their name and break through at the Women's World Cup. And I think that's going to be a huge narrative to watch. Women's World Cup gets going a little less than two weeks from now. It's in Australia and New Zealand. And of the 23 players on Team USA, 14 never played in the World Cup. Megan Rapino, 38, the oldest on the team, and Alex Morgan, 34, the third oldest. So some of the uh, most veteran players, we'll see. We'll see how much gas they got left in the tank, but should be a, an intriguing deal to follow. Check out Soccer in Snow and Smoke with Andrew and Houghton, a great uh, soccer podcast, and we'll certainly come back to this before the World Cup starts as well. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. How about some Big Sky Conference football? We got the all-league list. We're going to do a podcast tonight, but what are some of the other general talking points that we have about the league? We'll do that right now on the other side. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 